You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. It's episode 75 of Grow Yourself Up. Welcome back. Today, I am chatting to Mariana Casterman. So Mariana is an early years consultant. She's a published author. Um, she's written a book in her mother tongue, Portuguese, and she's a sleep specialist. She talks about um, slow parenthood, matrescence, and the development um, of your child in their early years, um, focusing on attachment and how you can best support your children. Her Instagram handle is is Mariana Casterman, and all these details will be in the show notes. Um, you can find more information about her on her Instagram bio, or you can reach out to her via DM. She's currently working on a new offer, um, and she has three in-depth free guides to support um, families with sleep, so children's sleep. Um, the book title um, of her book is in um, the show notes. I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I don't speak Portuguese and um, I've practiced, but I sound awful, so I'm not going to do that. But um, Mariana um, yeah, is a published author. And we talk all things, how to support our children, how to support ourselves when we haven't um, got what we needed in our own childhood and how that shows up in our parenting and um, how Mariana's growing herself up in uh, motherhood and extending self-compassion. This is a really nourishing conversation. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for taking the time for, to join us here today. It's really delightful to have you here. And I'm so excited to hear all about your journey to motherhood and your three children. Um, so tell us a bit about, um, tell us a bit about yourself, about your journey to motherhood, about your children. Yeah. So hello. Thank you for having me. And yeah. So I have three little ones. Um, I have a seven year old, a five year old and a four month old. Wow. So we are still in the adaptation process, I would say, um, after having that big gap between my second child and um, our third little one. I feel like with each child, um, my transition 
was different. Um, and especially with my first, I, I, I mean, we didn't plan and I was really deep into my studies and my um, career and really focused on what I wanted to work on and my research in child development. Um, and for me, it was um, a different feeling when I saw that I was going to be a mom. Yeah. And then with my second, I feel like because I was already into uh, my journey and growing a lot with motherhood and yeah, feeling that deep transformation that the motherhood puts us through, um, the impact was a little different. And I am an immigrant, so I, I don't live in the country that I was raised. So I feel like this also makes things um, a bit different and a little isolating, I would say. I think motherhood is already um, isolating in so many ways, but I had to learn about this new culture, the way that people see um, moms and that this culture, what I'm um, what I'm in, which is the United States, um, sees parents is very different than Brazil, what I'm from. And I guess this whole process was, was very slow for me. Um, so adjusting to this way of, of being a parent, of mothering and, um, on top of adjusting myself to, to how it felt. Because um, even even though I I basically dedicated a lot of my life to studying child development, when you are the mother, it's a completely different story. Oh, it's absolutely different. I love that you've made that point. And I also think your point about being an immigrant is so important. I'm also an immigrant, so I grew up in South Africa and I've been in London for a long time, for like 23 years. But still, I think that that really contributes to isolation. I'd love to hear more about the cultural differences and about what expectations you feel were put on more in the U.S. as a compa- as compared to how um, like matrescence and your motherhood journey is held in in Brazil. And also, I love what you said about how your transition was different with your first and your second. Do you want to tell us more about any of those or all of those? Yes. Um, so um, one of the main differences that I see between. Um, Brazil and the United States when it comes to parenting is that um, it feels like life becomes more um, compartmentalized here in the U.S., for example. We do things, like people do things as parents, and then they do things as non-parents, for example. So they, they kind of try to do as much as possible without kids. In Brazil, we do everything with our kids. So this is what I what I noticed over these past um, decade. Maybe like every single person has like a different experience, but this is this is basically what I noticed um, as a parent. It's very rare in Brazil to hire a babysitter, for example, to take care of your children so you can go out. Um, and this is the first time I'm I'm actually talking about this. <laughs> wow. um, but this is what I what I what I've been noticing and, and, and that's the main difference for me. Um, so we, we do everything together. Um, mostly. Can I ask you something? It's so interesting because does that mean that the culture that you exist in in Brazil is therefore much more supportive? Like 
loving in terms of their babies crying that someone might come and help you or like not like glare at you to try and get your child to keep quiet, but really come over and like put a hand on you and say, can I help you or something? Is is there more of that type of ethos? Yeah, I, I feel like yes, um, because I mean, again, um, when you have something um, like a meeting or a birthday party or um yeah, anything that involves um, the family, a gathering, um, people tend to take their kids um, with them, even if it's late at night. It's not a big deal. And I feel like it's more accommodating. Yes. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, so my experience as a child in that culture was that my parents would take me everywhere with them. And that was how life was. Um, I would go to bed late when it was like Saturday and Sunday, and that was totally fine and acceptable. Um, we were always together. When and, and here, for example, like here in the U.S., um, when I became a mom, I think that was my biggest challenge because I didn't know what to do. I was like, hmm, what's the right way to do this? Uh, is it yeah. this way or that way? So I think it took me a very long time to find my own way because I was kind of caught in 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 that um yeah that that big gap that existed between those two cultures because it's completely different but at the same time i don't think there is like the right way or the best way um i think that brazil has um its own challenges um and the us too so what my husband and i we we keep trying to do um is to kind of find a way that makes sense to us okay what's the good things about this culture and what's the good thing about um yeah that culture let's combine and let's try to make it um something that we feel comfortable with yeah posing them to our culture as well that's so lovely and i think that what you just said about creating your own family culture is something that we often don't because it's you is your husband also Brazilian or is he yeah. American? So mm-hmm. he's also Brazilian. So that kind of maybe brings the stuff more to into consciousness in a way. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's so valuable to figure out what works for each of us because each of us has a different family culture and different things that are important to us. But um it can be so easy to just like download from the mainframe of the society that you live in and think you have to do that and that that's right and best. And I love the point that you made about not best, not right, but what is actually working for like you and your family unit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's interesting because um, Brazil is this big mixture of cultures too. Um, For example, my husband, he's Italian Brazilian. And so we have that kind of infused into our family as well. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Again, like uh, I I agree with you. I think just like finding something that makes sense to us based on uh, the experiences that we we had and we have. And tell me, tell me more about your, the different matrescences that you've experienced, you know, your different um, coming to mothering these three times. Yeah. I think that when I became a mother the first time, it was definitely the hardest transition um, in many ways. Um, I feel like for the first time I had to learn to surrender. Um, that being strong wasn't my ultimate goal. Although I was told 
when I was um, raised that that was the best way. Like we need to be strong, keep going. And so the first time I, I realized, okay, so being strong here is not the answer. I need to surrender because I don't have the strength anymore. I, I just need to let go and accept that now we have this different life. Can I ask you just to clarify, tell me what does being strong mean to you and what does surrendering mean to you? Yeah, so now now being strong to me means being flexible. Yeah, uh, kind of seeing the benefits of allowing myself to change my mind. I think this is strength for me for me right now um, and accepting accepting that uh, there are different seasons that we are navigating um, new beginnings and that when something is really hard, it won't stay like this forever. I've seen this before. Um, so yeah, I think that's my, my main um, learning in motherhood. And what I had to unlearn was um, to expect this um, external approval for everything that I do, um, that it will only be valid if someone come to me and say, wow, yes, that's amazing. Great job. <laughs> I'm laughing because I think that's so many of us journey. That's also been my journey that it's sort of, if someone else doesn't approve and give you 10 out of 10, have we even done it? You know? <laughs> yeah. So much of motherhood is just completely unseen and uncelebrated. And then I think that we tend to just um, in some way ignore ourselves because we think we're not doing something valuable. So I'd love you to tell us more about that, about how you kind of journeyed away from that. Um, yeah. So again, for me, it was more about trying to find what was important for us, like for me as a mother, for us as a family. Um, and when we found that, like our values, okay, what are we trying to do here? <laughs> Not thinking about just getting it done, right? So getting it done parenting day by day, but what are we trying to do as a family, what we want to build? We want to focus on the relationship that we're building with our children. What do we need to make sure that our direction is the right direction for us now. Yeah. Because I think putting things in perspective, okay, now is this. Now now this is what's important based on what we are navigating. And I mean, after going through a pandemic, so many um, world crises and, you know, all these things that keep happening, uh, which is life, right? But like having this ability to reevaluate things and pause. Okay. Is this still the way? Is this still our path? What do we think about what we're doing right now? <laughs> Such beautiful and big, important questions to answer. And I think that your point about like for, for where we're going, this is what we need to do now. Um, that adaptability in there is so kind of comforting and it's, it's kind of the opposite of the way many of us have learned that things are very black and white. Cause I think what you, when you mentioned flexibility earlier, I would say flexibility is one of the core, core characteristics of being an adult actually. And that many of us, um, have had to learn in adulthood how to be more flexible. But, um, how do you, because 
I, I know that the, we would have heard this at the beginning, but you know, you're a, a specialist in child development and in child sleep and in the early years and um, in matrescence. How has your work informed um, some of what you focus on and how you kind of guide your values? And how has that also been, um, have there been any issues with being an expert in this field for you? Yes. So when I became a mom for the first time, I really struggled with sleep. So that was the beginning of everything. So I I really felt the need to better understand what I could do to support my little one. He was really, really struggling. I was struggling. He had reflux. I had to hold him uh, upright for most part of the night. Um, and I also had to keep going with... Um, all the things that I was doing before because I couldn't pause um, as as an, an immigrant here. I didn't have maternity leave, so I had to keep going. That must have been so hard. Yeah, it was it was really, really challenging. And when when I asked uh, my counselor at the university if I could take a break, they said, no, I, you can't. Um, you're not allowed to take breaks. You have to keep going. Uh, otherwise, you will lose your status. And that was also something that I just I couldn't afford at that point. And so I had to keep going. And at the same time, I, I really needed him to sleep because I needed sleep too. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of me kind of moving a little bit away from child development, but, but not really, right? Because I was still like on my field. And so I studied a bit more about uh, sleep and I tried to uh, incorporate a couple of things and it didn't feel right. And so I kept going on that journey. Okay. I need to learn a little bit more about this, a little, a, a little bit more about attachment. And then I took another course and then another course and then another course. And I ended up five sleep certifications. <laughs> I wasn't that obsessed, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you've done all the sleep certifications. It sounds like. Yes, all, all, all these lip certifications available at that point. And I, as I was studying more, I was adjusting and adapting things the way that I found. Yeah, that, that, that felt right for me at that point. Um, and I also started to support other people, like families, um, friends, um, and people around me that were also struggling with sleep. And that's how that side of my, journey begin um begin um and then the other thing was for me um i i was really interested in how i could um incorporate child development to sleep and uh really make sense of this transition for me and how hard it was to adjust everything together so i started to write um and write about this like that was back in 2018 and I started to write about how I was feeling, to listen to other parents online. Instagram wasn't the way it is right now. <laughs> and uh, people started to really relate to the things that I was sharing. And that was how this other side began for me. Oh, okay. So there's a space for me to write about child development here. And people are really interested. Obviously, along the way, many times I took long, long breaks from social media. And so my work is this fluid um, thing that involves me taking long breaks, uh, needing to to reflect, to reflect, and and kind of yeah, be around my children, um, observe them, um, seeing the impact of of my online work um, on them, on myself, 
and I have this big conflict of okay. Am I doing the right thing here? Um, should I really be on social media this much? Um, and then I take breaks. But so that was part of it. And again, like over the past couple of years, many things changed. Um, I felt the need to um, deepen my understanding of matrescence, um, to understand how that impacts mothers and also how that impacts the child's sleep. So all that is basically one thing for me right now. Well, I think it's all really, I mean, it's all really mixed up together and our, because of the way our nervous systems are linked, I think each family is an ecosystem and many of us exist as ecosystems in a quite an isolated way because of our state, like our immigrant status or our being far from family or all of that. And that kind of makes it all much more mm-hmm. harder to negotiate, I think, because our context is so different. And how, in terms of one of the things that you've had to kind of more on about learning and unlearning, what have you kind of taken on since you've become a mother that's now really important to you? And how do you kind of, the thing that I also think will be really interesting for the listeners is about um, how you define your values. Like, what do you define as important for your family? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And so... For us, it was basically reflecting, like for us, when I say for us, it was like for me and my husband was um, to sit together and kind of reflect about the relationships that we have with our parents, what kind of relationship that we want to nurture with our children for us is the most important thing. Uh, We're not focused on who they will become, like who our children will become or how much they're going to achieve. Like for us, the most important thing is to um, know that they feel comfortable with us, letting letting us know, okay, this is what we want to do and this is who we want to be um, instead of us projecting all the things that we got frustrated about in our lives <laughs> and want them to, yeah, take it with them. <laughs> so that's, that's what nurtures us. Um, it's not any, like, it's not a specific, like we don't want our children to be happy, for example. And like for us, it's specifically knowing that they aren't afraid of us. We don't want that. And so again, like what, what can we do to make sure that they aren't afraid of us and instead they are able to let us know, okay, this is what's happening. And really trying to be curious um, about their behavior as they grow. So for example, I have one of like one of my little ones, he started to apologize for everything, like everything nonstop. We never asked them to do that. We never told them, oh, you have to apologize. Um, that's that's not something that we we thought it was necessary because we had that, you know, like we, we knew that it would come naturally. Yeah. And it did come. But then it came in a way that we were worried because it was too much. Yeah. So everything, he was like apologizing nonstop. And we stopped. And I remember um, one day my husband said, like, what, what do we do? How can we stop this? Because it's clearly a lot. Um, what's happening? And we realized that both of us, like my husband and I, we are always apologizing for everything nonstop to everyone, to each other, um, to our kids. Um, and so like, I think that, that, that's, that's 
one of the most important things for us, again, like the values. Yeah, the modeling. Yeah, the modeling, um, getting curious about why they are doing those things. And most importantly, what we are doing. Yes. That's leading to that. Um, but not in a way that we feel guilty or that we shame ourselves, but just so we know what to do next. Yeah. And I think that that introspection or that kind of noticing what we're doing is so important because it can be so unconscious again. And I, at some point I had something similar with one of my children apologizing. And I always, if we have a rupture, then I do make a repair and apologize. But um, I think many of us, culturally, there's a thing about it is kind to apologize in some way. So we we say sorry, just like, sorry, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did this. Mm-hmm. And um, I've stopped saying, now I say, excuse me. Because I used to say, I'm sorry if I dropped something. Or I'm sorry if I like, I don't know, <laughs> hit something and made a noise. Um, and so then it sort of devalues the sorry when you actually do say it. But it's, it's almost like we're apologizing for ourselves constantly. Yeah, so I just try and say, excuse me now. I'm not, I don't even think that's necessarily very helpful, but it's so confusing. Like some of the language that we use, um, and the, the kind of, um, I sometimes think it would be so good if we could all learn to be a bit more blunt and direct, you know, mm-hmm. even though sometimes that can feel quite affronting. Um, it, it might be clearer, but I mean, I don't have an answer on how to get there. <laughs> yeah. And, and tell me how, um, when you said you don't want your, children to be scared of you did did you feel scared of your parents is there a link there or like what can you reflect on about that yeah I think that's the root of everything because um like for me like when I realized that most of my difficulties um stem from my childhood and like the amount of times that I ended up blaming myself for um the things that I, that I had to do to cope with certain things, that was like that big uh, realization that, okay, I don't want that for my kids. And again, like I, I feel like we have this huge opportunity when we become parents to, to do those reflections, like without blaming ourselves and Again, like we, we also have the, the opportunity to allow ourselves to be who we are and to forgive ourselves for the things that are so hard for us now. Yeah. So I, I decided that one of the most important things for me was that they had this free access to me, that we would always have this open channel for communication um, and that I would try my best not to reject what they had to say, mm-hmm. even if I didn't think it was, it was what's, what was really happening or, um, even when I thought it was too much or even when something was challenging because I couldn't do it myself. So yeah, I, I feel like this was really important, um, for me that they had access to me. Yeah. I think I agree. I really agree with you. One of the things that I think is really important is the allowing our ch- children to protest. So from I think that's a term from the psychoanalytic literature, but allowing them to be angry with us and to have a voice because we're not going to suddenly develop a voice when we're, when we're an adult, if we've been kind of crushed in childhood and it's not even the crushing doesn't even have to be dramatic. It's just constant silencing or, sh- or shushing or not listening. Um, but how do you, 
practically, because I love what you said about being an open channel, but how do you balance that with your own needs and your own space? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know there's not much balance in motherhood, to be honest. There's kind of, as you said, there are those stages and seasons. <laughs> True. I mean, I don't know how you can have much balance with a four-month-year-old, but because <laughs> um, I also love what you said about um, the forgiving yourself for the things that we did when we were trying to survive and everything. So I hear a lot of self-love, like running as a river underneath this. Mm-hmm. How do you also tend to yourself amidst all of this? I'm trying to be the open channel and um Yeah. Yeah, so um so for me it's um being transparent, being authentic. So when I am not being able to listen, when I'm really having a hard time asking for a break and saying, um, yeah, I know you really, really want to share this with me right now and I need to drink a glass of water. Um, because for example, like I won't say that, but because I need to feel rooted. Um, yeah. I need to have that extra iced water. <laughs> like <laughs> to have that shock into my system and just like feel present. Um, Or um, like, again, like right now for me, although it's really challenging, I have a four month old, we are in the middle of that four month sleep uh, progression. So lots of wakings, but still like, I feel like there is room for everything when we don't feel like we need to be available at all times. And I, I don't, I don't ask that for myself realistically saying, I know that, I need to be honest and I need to let them know that right now I can't, but I'll let them know as soon as I am feeling ready to receive what they need to share with me. Because I know that they know when we are just doing for just because, right? So I, I need to do because I was told that I need to do this. Um, yeah. I disagree with that. I think that they are really good knowing when we are not available. So I let them know. And then as soon as I'm ready, I let them know, okay, so I'm available now. I can listen to you. You were saying this. Um, and then usually like when, when I, when I help them remember what they needed to share with me, they, they jump right in and they start sharing. And I think that because this is the dynamics that we've been working on for such a long time, they know that, okay, I need to wait a little bit. And because I have uh, their little sister that I need to hold all the time. So it's like a big adjustment for all of us. Yes. Um, so I try also to, to tell them, like, I, I just need to do this. Maybe you can help me. Maybe there's that. Like, yeah. I don't push them away. I try to involve them in whatever I need to work, um, on before I can listen to them. And I feel like they are also being able to do that as well. So letting me know when I pick them up from school, for example, when one of them just don't want to talk about school, it's okay. Like they just let me know. I'm not ready now. I'm really tired. Like my brain, like one of, one of my kids usually tell me that my my brain is too full right now. I need a sweet, (laughs) I need a little, I love that. Yeah. And yes. So, and when it comes to my needs, so I feel like for each stage of parenting, um, like for each season, actually, that I'm navigating, I have this top priority, unnegotiable uh, need. <laughs> and like, it's really basic, like those basic needs I need to meet, even when my kids are around me. So I need to eat. And you guys will witness me trying my best to stop everything and eat. Uh, I need to take a shower. And if you all need to be hanging around uh, while I take a shower, so be it. 
but I need them to see that there are certain things that we need to do. It's, it's the basic thing <laughs> that I, a human need to survive. And those things I try to do even when they are around me. Um, and there are other things, for example, like for me, I, I, I can't function without having a little time to use my creativity. For me right now is different than a couple of months ago before my daughter was born. Uh, for me right now, that looks like just grabbing a piece of paper and writing down whatever I have in my mind. I really love journaling. This is really important for me. I didn't do it because people said that you have to. I do it because I need to dump my thoughts on a piece of paper and I need to see them there. And that gives me a huge relief. So I think that finding that one thing that you need to just feel more like yourself. And that is what it is for me. I'm trying not to uh, overwhelm myself into all the things that I should be doing. And I think that that comes with like becoming a mother again. Um, yes. Instead of like, because yeah, it looks very different for me right now with my third. I know that this is a season and we're walking through this big, huge, cloudy storm. Yeah. <laughs> And I know that we'll get through and things will change again. And although, again, like we know that it's not about getting easier. I think it's different. Yeah. Um, and because it's different, there are other things that we can incorporate and bring back and, and change and, um, yeah, really evolve into our parenting. But I know that right now I'm in the pre beginning again and I need to be patient with the season and with myself and with my kids and this big transition. And with all that said, I'm not saying that I'm always happy and loving everything, <laughs> not at all. Like I, I struggle, like I struggle too. I still feel like um, there's a lot that um, I would like to be different. But when we are deep into this like postpartum and deep into this stage of mothering where you are really nonstop nurturing this little human. You are so needed at all times. Um, things really look and, and they are challenging. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I love your, um, because as you, you look, I mean, you, you so, um, you've got a lovely energy to talk to. And so it feels like, um, what I make up is it's something about your your levels of acceptance and surrender um, sound like they've just gone up and up and up as you've gone further into the journey. Because I remember sometimes in early motherhood feeling like this is never going to end. I, like I am never going to feel better. This is just all going to be like catastrophe the whole time. And so I love the way you're drawing back into the arc of time and knowing that like you passed these seasons with your first two, with your little boys, and now with your little girl, it will also pass. But and sometimes that is literally the only thing that comforts us. I think that that knowing this too shall pass, and that um, like there will be a change, and often a change feels like a holiday in parenting because when they go from like waking up four times a night to waking up two times a night, that feels like paradise, you know, <laughs> that sort of change. And I love because uh, what you said about your children and that you say to them, "I'm not available right now." Um, to me, there's two things there about not expecting perfect availability 
And also the thing about attachment is that it's, it's about us. I think one of the most important things is us actually showing up for ourselves to love and nurture ourselves and then to be able to love and nurture them. And so part of that is actually saying, I mean, you can't obviously say this to the four months year old because she won't understand, but saying like, I'm not going to do that right now. Like my kids love asking me a lot of questions, but when I drive on the highway, I don't really like driving. Um, and I often find it very overwhelming from a sensory perspective. So when I get on the highway now, and sometimes I used to really shout at them because I'd be like, stop like with all the questions, stop fighting. And now I'm ready. I learned as soon as I drive onto the on-ramp, I'm like, okay, now I find this very stressful. So I need you not to ask questions. I need you to just talk to each other. And then when we get off the off-ramp, or, you know, I'm like, okay, you can ask me some questions again. And it's made it so much more, um, I noticed that because what used to happen when I used to get cross was they used to try and ramp up the questions. And then I would be like, oh my God, like I'm literally going to crash or something because you're hammering me with like complicated math questions or just anything. <laughs> and, but when we hold ourselves up to a perfectionist level, we think that we need to like jump like that when they ask us something. And so what I think you're talking, like to me, you're talking about secure attachment and it's, it's really lovely because I think that also sometimes there's a fantasy about what secure attachment looks like. And I know that you also do work in this space. So has that informed the way you, like, do you want to say something about that? Yes, certainly. Yeah. So one of the, one of the things that are really important to me um, is that we need to respond, right? But that response doesn't need to be uh, being 100% available and doing all the things to stop everything and to like give ourselves completely um, nonstop. Um, so the response is always to say, oh, yes, I hear you. I know you really need me right now. And I, I can't right now. So this is the response already. Like we are not ignoring the child's needs. Like I, I acknowledge that. I, I see. Yeah, you told me that. And I can't right now. And I am eating. And I need to do this and that. Um, and if we see that, the, for example, like for me, at least like it, when my kids, when, when that's not enough, because sometimes it's not enough. Yeah. Sometimes they would keep like hovering around us and, and asking more and asking more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I try to involve them in something. Um, so yeah, so can you hold this for me? Uh, yeah, I, I I want you to be around me then. Okay, so this is... <laughs> yeah, oh, that's so loving. I just want to sort of acknowledge that that takes so much effort. There's so much creativity in motherhood and mothering, I think, because there's always that wanting to show I want you to be around me and then trying to help them feel involved. But we have to constantly be like, in that creative space of how can we do that? Like the work, it's so intense, this work. Yeah, it is. And again, um, like thinking about all of this and how intense it is and how sometimes we don't have the creativity available and we don't have the bandwidth and that sometimes we won't be able to do it the way that we would like to. And that's okay because we've been doing like for like, many other days and or like we are being able to show up yeah like people say 30 percent of the time and i think that's enough like trying to give uh, ourselves credit for the things that we are doing we're doing right or the way that is aligned with our values yeah yeah to really rest in that kind of enoughness do you ever 
Do you ever experience rage with three of them around? I mean, I think that I would experience quite a lot of rage. How do you kind of deal with that? How do you kind of give yourself a bit more capacity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I do, when I feel extremely unbalanced, especially when I didn't sleep at all the last, like, let's say like the past night or a couple of nights, then I usually lean on my husband to support me. I need to take breaks and then we switch. Or I just start the day knowing that I'm not feeling my best and that I won't be able to show up the way that I would like to. And I will reduce my my efforts of trying so. So I just like stay away from my phone, especially. I noticed that every time that I try that I'm trying to multitask, um, that's usually when I get the rage. Because I'm trying to do way too many things at once. I'm trying to concentrate in things that I cannot keep up with. And the phone has this ability to hijack us. Um, and our children know. So Mind you. my kids, they become extremely needed when, like needy when they see that I'm on my phone. And so that's like, that's the first thing I do. I just put it aside. And again, because... I feel like because I'm doing monitoring again, like for the third time, there are certain things that I really know about myself this time around. And I I kind of know how to disarm um, the explosives within me. <laughs> Tell us more about that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this this is one thing like multitasking. So everything that I can reduce in terms of multitasking. Um, well, let's be fair. We're mothers. We're always multitasking. We're always multitasking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but I totally agree with you about the phone because when I have this idea, say if I've got my children all day together, but I also am trying to put together an Instagram post, the Instagram post seems to represent a real prize because it's I'm in my competent adult brain and, and like I love some of that. Whereas in mothering, sometimes I'm much more confronted. And so it feels like a more success and like I'm going to feel better if I do that, but then I'm completely unpresent. And so I really, I think I really agree with you about the multitasking and about what's um, multitasking just in mothering is easier than trying to bring in work stuff or, which is not always possible, I know, but um, I really love that example. Yeah. And how much we are being required um, as mothers, right? Way more than, like, I would say more than ever before, because again, we have uh, social media to keep it up with um we have like our kids obviously our work it's like extra so many things that we need to keep doing and showing up in so many levels we need to show up everywhere <laughs> at once and yeah so my phone is a big one um and i know that like again like you said i i really like when when we accomplish certain things in this adult world it feels like we've done way more than the monitoring that we cannot measure right and it can be so easily like to to feel like we didn't do enough uh in parenting because like sometimes we we get so many things um right um in our own standards right like the right for us is is different right from like everyone else so basically when we do feel like when we do things that feel that uh, feel right for us it may get to a point where you just feel like okay now i'm gonna do this um they should be they should be okay because i've done so many things for them already so now it's the time 
and then it's it's not really the way it works and and they keep hovering and asking more and that's usually when we stop <laughs> so again like because i've seen those patterns so many times and i know that i will lose my mind um i try to either like put it aside or forgive myself okay today is a day that i cannot uh self-regulate the way that i would like to because i'm tired because and so i won't do it some people would say that that's not possible for them or it depends on you know their own realities for me right now that means that i'm not growing my social media that i'm not showing up consistently the way that people say that you should but this is what i what i have to do um for my own uh, sanity for my mental health. Um, and that what works for me right now. So I focus on my client work outside of social media and the things that I can do. And I ask for help as much as I can. And that help is my husband, really. Because again, like I'm, in, I'm an immigrant. I, I don't have any other help from family. Our village is very narrow. <laughs> um, but that's okay. It's working. and. Again, I, I, my expectations of myself, especially during this first year of um, mothering a new human, um, are very, very low. And when I found out that I was pregnant last year, that was... Well, hang on, I actually want to interrupt you because they're not... Because it's saying it's very, very low implies the work of raising the human is not important. And I think that it's very... It's like such like very, very, very important work. But what you're saying is you are not valuing, you're not prioritizing unpaid work outside the home. Yeah. And um, because we, it's so easy. I, I do the same thing to myself because I have, I can't do everything basically. I can't do everything. I can't grow certain things. And we've had a shift in our own life in the last like six or seven weeks. And I'm doing like what feels like more mothering stuff to me. And Sometimes I feel really frustrated about that because I don't have as much time as I want to, and and work makes me feel makes me feel good. And da, da, da. Mm-hmm. so I've I've had to, like I have to keep on readdressing my priorities and noticing that I've chosen these things because of what is important to our family and everything. But I still feel frustrated. Um, but it's so easy to go down that path of then like devaluing, and so I want to really hold you up and not let you do that. Basically. I love that. Thank you. That's so true. <laughs> yes. And again, is that idea um, that, um, yeah, that we, certain things are just um, part of who we are, right? Because moms have this tendency to think that, okay, this, this is what I should be doing. And so I, I won't even count. This is, this is my, my role, right? When actually we are doing, like we're going above and beyond to keep up with all the things. And um, about work, like work it feels good, like, because um, it's like we are doing something for ourselves, especially when we are doing something that we love and that we are putting all our creativity onto. And that's how it feels for me too. So when I had to reduce a lot of work after my daughter was born, that was like a, like a huge thing for me. And I was like, okay, what? It's a loss. Is, it is a loss. It's a There's huge so much loss. Grief. The grieving, yeah. yes, of this. And, and again, with my son, I had no idea, um, like when with my first child, right? Um, I had no idea how I would be back into doing things that I love 
because now I had this little human that was requiring so much for me. And then again, like with my, my third baby now, I know that this is um, the stage I'm navigating right now. It's not permanent. Uh, I can continue to look forward to the things that I was doing before because I had this huge gap between my my second child um, and my third child. Like I, I was navigating uh, this, like I call it, this next stage of parenting where they were more independent. They were doing things on their own. Uh, I didn't have to shower them. I didn't have to, <laughs> you know, many things. Um, it wasn't that. Um, like my body wasn't as required as it is right now with the baby. And going back to this like square, like, <laughs> like square one uh, was like a huge deal for me. <laughs> and so it, humbling. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how it felt. And I support parents, um, especially during this first year, um, moms, in, in their matrescence journey and parents in general with sleep. Going back now myself has been such an interesting shift because I feel like, wow, okay, I forgot this. I need to write this down because I yeah. cannot forget this ever. <laughs> they really need help with this. So I'm still working in a way. Like I'm still yeah, using activity um, and I'm still learning. I, like I'm, I'm researching. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Within my own journey. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think you're so right. And actually sometimes um, writing or notes on our phone can be such a, a, I have found that such a kind of, or sending myself emails, I send myself tons of emails, which, which feel like, I mean, I've got hundreds of unread emails from myself with lots of words, but, um, it feels so like what you said about journaling that I'm documenting something in the moment and it's creative because it's writing. And so it helps alleviate stress. And somehow I feel more connected once I've brought what is in my consciousness into my explicit awareness. And written it, especially if it's something about frustration or anger or like, you know, grappling with loss and grief. Cause I think there's just so much multi layers of loss and grief. Um, and being confronted with our own childhoods constantly and the grief around that. But any little bit of creativity, um, I think can just be so beneficial. So yeah, I love the way you're doing new research because that'll make your, for, you know, all your new sleep clients will have that extra layer of, um, additional insight because there's, this, it's so comforting when you hear someone else tell your story, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm going to yeah. survive this. If you've survived, I can also survive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not alone. Oh, okay. That's not new. <laughs> so other people are going through that. Okay. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and also like when, when you, um, yeah, when you were saying these things, like I was thinking about how many times we, we don't really have uh, the capacity for certain things, including to to reflect about what's going on in the moment. For example, we're all different and our brains are um, wired in a different way. So uh, when we like sometimes when we are talking about motherhood and, and multitasking, for example, that I was um, referring to uh, before, many times, um, depending on how our brains are wired, I may be able to hold a certain amount of things that I can do together that other people can't. Um, and then just like jumping back to, to what I had to do myself to uh, stay regulated, which is like, basically I can't do social media right now. Um, other people 
are able to to continue to do it and they are just fine with that. And so like for me, one of the things that kind of is really, really important is not to compare myself. Okay, so I am not that person and that's okay. <laughs> I can't, but that's fine. Um, and just like allowing myself to be who I am. And yeah, no, no, not comparing as much, which again, now my first child again is like he's seven and a half. Uh, when he was born, social media wasn't the way it was. It is actually now, um, with so much information, so much, so many people sharing things and so many modern, um, standards that are so unachievable. And yeah. And then now I have this other experience and I can see how parents are struggling so much, uh, with parenting because of this huge amount of information out there. This idea that, okay, I became a mom now, so I need to have my own business. I need to make this work. And you, I mean, you were just like, you have this little human that you were holding right now and, and you can't really have the time to process your own journey, to process this big shift, to process this new identity. Um, because like, especially if you are in the US and you don't have maternity leave, like you need to make sure that you were doing all the things at the same time. So yeah, just wanted to... Um, uh, circle back to this because again like I know I understand that there are so many different layers um, to this and experiences and yeah and I think what you said about um, I think f first of all that thing about where you said you've been able to figure out that multitasking doesn't work for you I think for so many of us we so unconsciously acting from coping strategies or coping mechanisms that it's only when we've had a rage maybe a number of times before we stop to slow down to see what led up to the rage and where we can actually notice what we were actually doing because we might exist in a state of quite dis dissociated or quite disconnected from what you're doing and we think we just have to keep on producing or trying to breastfeed at the same time as producing a social media post or what you know whatever we're trying to do and i think that early motherhood is not the time to do deep emotional work on our own Selves. I think it's about survival. And I also think that it's it's a difficult balance to hold between ambition, motherhood, um, not comparing ourselves and really settling into good enough. Because w when we've come to motherhood as a perfectionist and there's certain ways in which we've survived, there's always that core of shame waiting to tell us we're not good enough. And I still continue to journey around um, that some of the choices I make will mean that like, I'd rather have a smaller life, which feels really good to me than craft something that's big and shiny. That is like desolate on the inside or that I'm not really paying attention to, but sometimes I feel frustration about that because I want to craft something big and shiny, but do you know what I mean? There's only one me and there's only one person who's going to mother my twins. But sometimes it, I'm always like, I wish I was like a proxy mother or something, but there's not. And so I've, I've had a, like, a, I still continue to journey around like all of that sort of stuff, you know, about what does it mean to turn up? What does it mean to be present? How some of my own coping strategies, like overworking perfectionism, facilitate lack of presence and how they might make me feel quite good in the moment because of, I don't know, something that I seem to have achieved or something. But then, um, actually I feel sort of emptier inside or like I'm not so connected or something. And, I think we don't focus enough about what, how we want our life to feel on the inside and what, like what, what 
in terms of how do we want to spend our time on the weekends as a family? Like what's really nourishing and joyful and loving? And I'm continually surprised actually by how the really simple connected things like, I don't know, like we've started to have sushi Friday with my daughters. I mean, it's, they're not actually, neither of them actually having sushi. One's having avocado maki and one's having some other chicken dumplings or something, but it's a little ritual, which they love now. And, um, it's so, it's so connecting and, you know, like these little things that we've started. I, mean, I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like I'm rambling now, Mariana. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love this. I love this. And, um, and I share like many of the things that you just said is exactly what we, we are doing too with our boys. We, like on Fridays, we have pizza. So every Friday and they are looking forward like every single Friday. And it's so, so amazing. Uh, the chess. Like they love to play chess. Yes. So they love to spend time <laughs> playing chess. It's just something that really connects us because like we are facing each other. Like, okay, you have me right now. <laughs> and I feel like for him, like for my, for my oldest, like for him, this is so, so important. Sometimes he comes with, like he comes around holding his um, chess board and he's like, okay, <laughs> are you ready? Uh, Mom? I'm, I'm ready. He's so excited. So that's our ritual for. And there's such presence in that. Yeah. He he's literally inviting me into his world. Like, can you come, Mom? <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. Um, and I love what you said about like finding the simple things as a way to build those memories. Because we have this idea that we need to be to, to make this big, huge thing, like like a huge I don't know, like trip to somewhere, like something that's really big. And it's not about that. It's about those little rituals like you described. I love that. I love that. And that simplifies parenting so much more because we, we keep thinking about those like things that we will one day do with our kids. But what can we do now? Right. That brings us closer. And also that's in our window of tolerance because those big trips I find or when I blow right under my window of tolerance and then there's then there's more life to be rage or complete shutdown. Mm-hmm. And these little rituals that that we build in, because for me, going to the supermarket with my two even used to be a nightmare because they'd be running in different directions or like fighting or something. And so it's much more pleasurable to go to the supermarket. So that feels like a success actually. And then like the simple stuff, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm at risk of starting to waffle, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm conscious of the time for you and when we're recording. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Anything that you feel would be like, I guess if there's anyone who's also got a four-month-year-old, maybe how do you kind of soothe yourself if you've had a, a day that feels really tricky? What do you do for yourself to kind of just reconnect and, and like sort of nurture yourself then? Yeah. So for me, what I've been doing every single night is um, I try to sit with myself i'm not requiring anything from me like i i'm not expecting to meditate or anything like just sit and i stare at a wall (laughs) and i i just let my body rest in that way um for a couple of minutes that usually looks like two minutes or three minutes or five minutes and then I'm ready. Okay, now I can think. Um, I need to drink water. I need to get ready for bed. Okay, that's it. That's what I do. It's very simple. <laughs> and I would say if you have a baby right now, if you're going through this um, big, huge identity um, shift, it's a season. 
um, like all seasons, um, it's going to change again. Uh, things will slowly find their way. Um, and you will also find your way um, back to not who you were before, but back into the things that you still want uh, in your life, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And I wish that in some ways that we said to mothers, um, there's a lovely book by someone called Elizabeth Lesser, I think that's her name, called Broken Open. It's not actually specifically about parenting at all, um, but she talks about she talks a lot about the heroine's journey, and I think that we could consider motherhood to be a heroine's journey. I think it's her who makes the point that in all heroines' journeys, there's a, we traverse the underworld, um, and so we could expect that if we like if we said that to mothers, by the way, you're going to be passing some dark stuff. <laughs> um, that would be really helpful. So I love what you said that it like we know we can know it'll change. And tell us, I know you're not, you said you're not very active at the moment, but tell us how can people work with you? What are your social media details? This will all be in the um, show notes as well. But are you, are you doing one-on-one client work at the moment? Can people? Yeah, in a very, very reduced um, capacity. So what I'm trying to do is offer some um, group coachings at the moment um, so I can um, take more clients in. And yeah, my social media, uh, my, my handle is Mariana Kastman. That's where you can find me. You can read more about my work. And yeah, some work, some one-on-ones um, at the moment, but not as much. Okay. Uh, you're the West, so you're in California. So specifically for people in those time zones, that's a good idea. Okay. Oh, Mariana, thank you so much for taking the time to to share your wisdom with us and connect because I know what a huge thing it is to have, like we were talking before, and, and you considered this to be a break. <laughs> so I'm like, thank you for taking your break with us. <laughs> thank you so much. It's so lovely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's such a pleasure. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living.